This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with Score Morning Show co-host Molly from the Molly and Haw Show, Bears long snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley, and legendary Bears center Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed, it is the pregame show. We've got Olin Krooch, we've got Patrick Manley, and it's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Go ahead, download the Bet Rivers app today. Gentlemen, how are you this afternoon? Fired up? Watching a little football all day and ready to see if the Bears can uh, pull off this miracle upset tonight up there at Lambeau. Doing good, Molly. Um, on my way after this, pick up Trace Armstrong at the airport. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's the rumor next week, you think? What's coming up next week? Well, I, you know, here's the thing. I, I'm not saying – I mean, we could throw rumors at the wall for the rest of the, uh, of the, the show and hope something sticks. But I, I got to tell you, Trace – is Matt Nagy's agent? How, how does that not come into play when you're reporting that he's going to take over and bring in Ryan Day with him? And, I, and I'm not saying that won't eventually happen, but I would I would imagine as the man's agent, wouldn't he want to kind of wait? Let me just tap the brakes a little before I fire my client. I, I, it just seemed a little over the top. I, I've heard Trace's name before. And I can't even remember. I'm so damn old. Did you guys play with him? He was – was he right before Trace, you? I think Trace's last year was 94 or 95 oh, okay. uh, for yeah. the Chicago Bears. Um, I obviously played against him a few times. He had that big year. I think it was Miami. in Oakland, wasn't yeah. it? He had, he had 16 oh, sacks yeah, yeah, yeah. or was it Miami? I don't know what year it was, but he played a while. played 15 years. So, uh, obviously went against him sometimes, but he was more of a pass rush a specialist, so I didn't see him much. But you're right; it, these are these rumors are getting crazier and crazier by the day. Um, him and Ryan Day are package deal, so I guess you know they don't fire the head the, the head guy running the the football side wouldn't fire the head coach. Then Pat, I guess I, I don't know how that all works. <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, it's just rumor season. But what, what I found was interesting: he comes out with a tweet and knocks down the rumor, unlike the Bears did about firing <laughs> Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. He handled this situation better than the Bears did. With the uh, with the, the the botched whatever situation they did about the firing of Matt Nagy, but uh, yeah, this rumor season is going to be interesting coming up for the next few weeks. But we'll see what tonight brings too. If they if they go out there and lay an egg and it's really bad, is this the first time we ever see the Bears fire a coach during the season because of this new rule with two weeks left in the season? You can start bringing in coaches to interview. But uh, yeah, just this rumor season has been very interesting. It seems like every morning, guys, that you. Scroll on Twitter, you're like, oh, this guy's coming here. Oh, this guy's fired. This guy's moving over here. This guy's doing that. And that's just that's what happened, I guess, when you're four and eight and two of your wins come against the Lions. <laughs> so so we know that Clyde Emmerich uh, passed away the long time uh, Bears um, uh, weightlift, uh, weightlifting coach. Good man. 
Um, I wish I had been in town. I was out of town when that happened. I would love to have gone to the service because he was always super nice to me over the years. And, and supposedly Trace went to that, and that's where they had the big powwow. Um, I, I don't believe that. I mean, I, I, as I said, I think they could hire him. I think there's a thousand things that could happen. But it, you're absolutely right. This is kind of rumor season. We're sitting here and we're talking about all these things. And I agree with the idea that depending on how today goes, this could if this is a really bad loss, this could really leave a mark. And this could be the first time it happens. But, guys, you know, I, I know this is crazy, and I hate to deal in hope, especially mm-hmm. on a day like today. But – I spent a lot of time as I was waiting to get started here looking up bye week stuff. And do you realize that going into today, so it's not quite uh, counting this game, but going into today, uh, teams coming off the bye were, I believe it's 12, 11, and 1. Mm-hmm. And then already today we've had uh, two wins and a loss. So that's 14, 12, and 1 for teams coming off the bye week. Now, add to that that Rodgers didn't practice at all. Add to that idea that, um, you know, there there could be a slower start for the Green Bay Packers. And if the Bears have hope in this game, they have to start fast. They have to be ready to play the minute this game starts and hope that that combination of whatever this bye week curse is and, – and I – I think we can talk about it. I think it has something to do with the fact that teams don't practice and maybe you know, you know maybe it's different than it was in the old days. But whatever is going on this year, that's not a dominant record for some of these teams. There are four more games uh, to be played next week, and we'll have a, 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 um, an idea of how it ended up. But 14-12-1 when you had a week off that, that, that no one else had, I, I would think that you'd do better than that. Yeah, and but – how many of them are Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers uh, at Lambeau Field on right. Sunday night, right? So, but but you're right. I mean, and the Bears, uh, somebody's it's a chance this team comes out flat, which the Bears would need. Uh, it's a chance that the Bears uh, flip the turnover differential on its head. I think they're, uh, you know, bottom ten, bottom five in the league right now, and the Packers are top ten, top five. So uh, they would need to flip that over and not, you know, get away from the four interceptions that Andy Dalton uh, threw last week. Uh, they would have to control the clock, obviously, and play above their head. And, and Aaron Rodgers would have to play really bad. Uh, you know, he would have to hurt that pinky toe and um, all those things that, that we've been hearing about all week. But, look, uh, I'm a big UFC fan. No one thought Amanda Nunes could lose. Uh, she was unbeatable. There was no chance, and she lost last night. So, like you're saying, Molly, anything is possible. Yeah, it's that hope game. It is that hope game. And, yes, I think we're going to say hope a few more times today, Molly. I'm sorry to say that. But, Olin, I want to get your thoughts, too, about teams, just teams in general, not just the Packers coming off the bye week. But, you know, now that you have that guaranteed amount of time off, I mean, I think some coaches back in the day, like when we could, could practice more during the week, you figured out who your team was, that you needed those extra days of practice, or, hey, let's take more time off. You guys need to get away. You need to heal. And I think that might be leading to some of these teams not coming back playing as well as you would expect them to do because they, they lose a little bit of that or they have a little bit more rust like you were talking about. So I'd, it is interesting to see those those stats there of the numbers of, of the teams coming off the bye week. I'd love to know what it was like 10 years ago when, when you could pretty much practice or have to practice the entire entire bye week. Oh, yeah, where, where Dave wants it would tell you that, that you're going back to camp, right? We're going back to two <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, we're putting those pads on. We used to do goal, goal line, line and full pads, right? But um, it, there's no doubt that that has a lot to do with it. You only get so many padded practices now. Uh, they don't really practice during the bye week. And you come back, Pat, and even when you're back in the building, you get one padded practice maybe before yeah. you play a game. So, obviously, uh, there's going to be some rust now, man for man, coach for coach. Uh, the Packers have a huge advantage up there at Lambeau Field. They are at home. They are 5-0 and uh, there this year. They're tough to beat there. But what we talked about earlier, uh, where do the Bears, you know, all year really, uh, where do the Bears find their points? Uh, where do they find the takeaways today? And how do they stop the run game uh, without Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks? And I think the Akeem Hicks thing really kind of hurts, right? Because it this game had the feeling of all hands on deck. You know, Aaron Rodgers is talking smack and everyone heard him. And now it's time to do something about it. And when Akeem came out and said that he was going to play and you heard like the passion that he talked about his last 
possibility last time he's playing the Packers as a bear and what it meant to him and he's leaving blood and guts on the field. The whole speech, I thought, the whole thing, it was an emotional thing for him at the podium, and then, you know, it turns out that he's not going to be able to play. I was so heartily disappointed. I thought to myself, this they're going to turn this into a street fight, and they got their most dangerous street fighter coming, and never mind. But if if you go back and look at week six, I watched a little bit of that tape again this morning, they had their full D-line against the Packers, and the Mm -hmm. Packers rushed for, what, 154 yards? Aaron Jones had, what, 76 yards? A.J. Mm -hmm. Dillon had 59. So Mm -hmm. Akeem Hicks was playing. Everybody was playing. And it's pretty much against the same offensive line except the left tackle today. They still had that rookie right guard in there against Akeem Hicks. And he didn't dominate him like I thought he was. And I looked, went, went back and looked at some of my uh, notes from that first game saying, all right, this matchup, this is where Akeem Hicks can take over and really dominate this line of scrimmage and make a difference in the run game. So him not being there this week is, I don't know how you can do any worse than a 154-yard rushing uh, um, against you with the Green Bay Packers. So it's pretty much the same offensive line. But... It was just, it was discouraging to see a full strength, quote unquote, full strength Bears team go against that Green Bay Packers team and lose by 10. Yeah, and the thing that worries you the most is last week we only see Eddie Goldman uh, for Ooh, 14 boy. snaps, right? And he's not even starting on their nickel defense uh, anymore. And I'm, you know, I wonder if anybody asks about Eddie Goldman and is, is he healthy this year and, and why isn't he starting over uh, Angelo Blackson over there where Akeem Hicks usually plays and then. Uh, Pat, I know you studied film, and yes. I know when you watch that, I, I know that when you, as much as you miss Akeem Hicks, uh, you start to realize how just how good Khalil Mack was. And, and they're, they're going to miss him uh, today, too. Obviously, Travis Gibson hasn't been horrible against the run, but, you know, like when, when they played the Arizona Cardinals uh, last, you know, two weeks ago, the last week, and they got they, four, they got the gain of 14-7, to seven, and, and their backup D-line comes in is Marcus Hunt. Uh, uh, that's Eddie Goldman nowadays for whatever reason. And Christian Jones comes in at linebacks for Alec Ogletree. And next you know, James Conner's moving the ball right down the field. So you worry about that. Not only do you worry about, okay, now Keem Hicks is out. What about when Blackson and Bilal Nichols are in? Or, you know, Eddie Goldman. But what about when the backups come in? Because these backups now were guys who were on the street. They were yeah. guys who weren't on anybody's team. And then you got backups to Khalil Mack. Jeremiah Tachu is out. Uh, an outside linebacker, they're really down. And you wonder, when you watch this film, you say, okay, Kyle Shannon and Matt LaFleur, they, they come from the same offense, the same coaching tree. Are we going to see them attack the edges like the San Francisco 49ers did? I talked to a guy who's a scout. He was talking about uh, Rodgers and, and not Aaron Rodgers, Jay Rodgers. And, Olin, you've brought this up before. But according to what he's looking at on tape, and I'd be curious to get your take on it, the Bears, there are times when that defensive line, and I know they're banged up and I know they're hurt, but there are times when they really look like you're not going to be able to run on them, like you're not going to get anything done. And then there's other times where they're, they just they're, their discipline's gone and there's just holes galore. And he said he thinks it has something to do with coaching, that losing that guy who was the, the you know, tier link award winner as the best defensive line coach a few years back – that that really has damaged them a little bit because there's more inconsistency than you've ever seen from that defensive line. Yeah, when, when you watch it, and the one guy who represents it for me is Bilal Nichols, who, who was really coming on strong, played well as a rookie under Jay Rogers. Now, to be fair, Akeem Hicks was younger. Um, you know, Khalil Mack was healthy. Uh, they had all their guys out there. Everybody has to scheme Khalil Mack when he's playing, and you realize that when you watch a film again where he's actually in there and you realize how much he is, you know, Billy Turner uh, probably for the first time playing the Chicago Bears actually slept last night. He probably had a good rest last night because he doesn't <laughs> have to play uh, Khalil Mack, right? But, but obviously, guys, when we talk about the Bears and what has happened to them and how they're 4-8 and eight in 2021, uh, you, you just go back and look at, okay, 2018, Vic Fangio, right? Vic Fangio yeah. is your defense coordinator. Ed Donatel, who's a D coordinator at the Broncos, is your secondary coach. Uh, Staley is your outside linebacker coach. He's not a head coach of the Chargers. And like you're saying, Molly, Jay Rogers is down there now. I think he actually coaches linebackers down there, though. But, yes, he was a very good coach. He developed a lot of these guys. And you can't help but say, okay, what happened since he left? The D-line has taken a step back, Pat. Yeah, they really have. And I want to go back to the point you made about watching uh, Khalil Mack on tape. Because when you watch him at the end of the game, you're looking for the stats, the sacks, tackle for losses, and things like that. And then, like, today I went again and had all this time today to watch more tape and go back and watch that first game. And 
it's amazing how much he truly impacts the game, just not statistically, just how he makes everybody else better around him and all that, uh, the, the, the intangibles that he has. And it's obviously, it's obvious how much you miss him. And then I want to talk about Eddie Goldman as well. Last week, there was a play. He was being blocked 15 yards down the field. You know, it started off a little double team. He got caught, and the one guy just takes him 15 yards down the field. It just, to me, he is not playing well at all. There's a reason why he's only playing 14 snaps. And it, there's, there's some embarrassing tape out there for him, and that's that's not good. You know, that's not good at all. That, that It's just uh, that's one of the reasons why the Bears are getting run on and why they're getting hurt up front. But I, I can see why now he's only playing 14 snaps. There's some he's just He's putting out some embarrassing tape right now. You know, Molly, if you think about it, you just say that, right? You just say exactly what Pat said and what we've been talking about. Uh, Khalil Mack is out, Akeem Hicks is out, Eddie Goldman's not playing much because he's not playing good football, and now you don't wonder why the Bears' defensive line uh, is is not playing well right now. And they're not playing well, and and whether it be their coach is gone or or they're developing. Obviously, the guy I look to, uh, Mully, when you ask that question, is Bilal Nichols because he was developing well and coming along under Rodgers, and now he's taking a step back. But then, you know, Robert Quinn has taken a huge jump this year. So all those things you got to put in, in into when you consider is it the coach or not. But there's no doubt that this unit has taken a step back with all those coaches leaving. Yeah, I, it's sad, frankly, because I think that um, when you it, – it's inevitable you're going to have injury. It's inevitable you're going to lose some guys. Mm-hmm. It just feels like – there, you know, Mac is obviously the last guy you want to lose, but it just feels like a strength has become almost a weakness. It feels like a defense that you thought was pretty good, and and, and that's not being unfair because it's, the problem remains scoring points. And and you know, we look at this game and we say, how are they going to score points? They're a twelve-point underdog as of today. It's been going down a little bit. I think it opened at thirteen. It was twelve and a half most of the week. Now it's twelve. That's a ridiculous amount of points. And and when you look at a team like the Bears, well, all they need is to kick four more field goals. Good luck. It's a very <laughs> difficult thing to do. It is. It is in fact, it, it is a difficult thing to do. And when you think about, okay, if you're honest with yourself, we're playing Aaron Rodgers at home off of a bye week, okay, I'll give him – I'll say he had a bad game. I'll say they scored 24 points, right? Right, right. Uh, the Bears have done that, I don't know, two, three times this year maybe, uh, you know, more than 24 twice this year, maybe. Uh, so how, where do, like you're saying, where do we find his points? And then you just, you turn the corner, uh, you take a left turn, and you shine a huge spotlight on Justin Fields, and yep. you say, hey, man, you got to transcend this offense. you got to basically transcend these coaches because, look, for us to keep screaming about they need to do this, they need to do that, why won't they do this, uh, move the pocket, run a screen, Where's the play action off the run plays that actually work? Um, we, we, you know, not today, devil. I'm not saying it all day again. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to keep it. But, but so it's just I hope Justin Fields, uh, you know, against the Steelers, he came out a little bit over two minutes left, Pat, took him down the field, scored the touchdown with Allen Robinson on the field. Allen Robinson uh, beats the guy in a slot. Too bad he gets hurt on that play because it looked like they were working, finally working well together. Uh, obviously, we'll go and face Don Wink Martindale the next week. The offense takes another step back. If you ask me when I watched the film, it looks like Bill Lazor got beat up by Don Wink Martindale while uh, Justin Fields was in, in in there. By that, I mean Don Wink Martindale was out coaching Bill Lazor. Uh, it, was, it was painfully obvious when you're watching the film. So you're just hoping that Justin Fields makes some of those crazy plays, Pat, that we've seen him make. Yeah, it just you hope he brings that magic from Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter. That's what mm-hmm. you want to see. And we talked about Russ, too, of, of the Packers coming off a of bye week. Justin Fields might have some rust as well with all the time he's had off. But I hope I hope he doesn't. I Not hope today, he devil. Of, what? Not today, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have it. He, he's ready to go. He's, he's ready. Thank you, up. Pat. Thank you, Yeah, man. he's all ready to go. But here's a, here's, a, here's a bad stat that I found. Uh, no, not today, five, Pat. Yeah, okay. The last five games, that's what I'm saying. We're going to flip it. It can't get any worse than this. So we're going to bring up all the bad stuff, and that means it can't happen. So we're flipping the script here, all right? You, I got you. So the last five games, the Bears, the, the uh, Packers have forced 10 takeaways and have only turned the ball over once. So they're plus nine against the Bears in the last five games. That's why they keep kicking their ass. So you're hoping we're going to flip that today. Let's get that done. That's that's a, When I saw that stat, I was like, no wonder why you keep beating our butt. But mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that can't happen today. Let's just hope that Justin Fields brings that magic from Pittsburgh, doesn't turn the ball over, and let's see if Aaron Rodgers has a lot of rust and we can, we can get something from them to get, that, uh, get the ball back in the offense and score 16 points. 
and to shovel <laughs> more hope on the subject, if you recall that Steelers game, that great performance, they had the bye week after that, mm-hmm. and they lost ground. And, and I think everybody kind of felt it's a pity that he can't just keep going uh, talking about the quarterback, and instead they had the, the break, and then he gets, uh, he gets injured, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the thing you, you, were, you were hoping to see uh, when they played Baltimore was the things that got him going when they played the Steelers. And obviously, it's been said a lot, but they did do – they did come out against Baltimore. First play, he kept the ball. He ran it on a zone read. He kept mm-hmm. out, went outside the edge. Looked like that warmed him up a little bit. Obviously, he wasn't as accurate to start that first half. You go back, obviously, study Justin Fields again just because uh, he's going to be starting this week. But the thing I thought they did wrong in that game, Pat, and I'm interested to see what you think about this, is I think their play action was all pocket play actions. Yes. But, I mean, they didn't roll him out. They kept him in the pocket. He took a pretty big hit on one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they should have moved him around a little bit more just to start the game because he shows you once you warm him up, then his accuracy kicks in, right? And then he then he's comfortable in the game. You got to get him comfortable in the game first, and then you go to your, you know, we know we're going to see the five-man protection, the spread offense, and that's fine. You got to have a little bit of it. Right. But, and you're going to see some of those pocket play-action passes to take a shot like we saw uh, when Andy Dalton threw the interception. But mm-hmm. when we see those things from Justin Fields, what I'd like to see them do first is warm him up, get him into the game, uh, give him the easy stuff. Give him the layups. Uh, make him comfortable. And then when you do that, this, this guy is really capable of making really big plays for you. Yeah, I, but the, the unfortunate thing is, Owen, will they do that? You know, we keep talking about it. We want to see it. We want to see it. But they never do it. I just mm-hmm. want to see it. And you're right. That's a great call about the pocket play action because they were in, it was the uh, the interception that uh, they had Cole Komet blocking Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. right, to tip the ball. And it's – it's a nice play if you can have your tight end stop one of the best pass rushers in the uh, in the league. So some of the schemes they're doing is just it's not great. And you're right. I would love to see a true rollout pass. Just get him out of the pocket where he could actually just pull it down if he sees man coverage. Take it and, and run and get and get lathered up. Uh, but will we see that? I have no idea. And my guess is probably not. Just that's not that's who they are. That's not what they want to do. Yeah, and, and really interesting name for me. Sorry, Molly. I was wondering what you guys yeah. thought about this. Uh, when I watch Cole Komet. He's very obviously his last game. Uh, he's one to forget, right? When he dropped the um, dropped the pass for the interception of Buddha Baker, yeah. uh, like you said, he got beat by Chandler Jones. And there was also uh, right before the Bears didn't go for it on fourth and two at the end of the half. There, uh, he gets tackled right there in yeah. the open field uh, by a defensive back that's you know I don't know seven inches shorter and seventy pounds lighter than him. Uh, you know, right there we could use that first down, but. Uh, the development of guys like that is what you're really watching, right? You want big games out of Cole Komet. I'd like to see them stop designing touchdown plays for Jimmy Graham if they don't mind. I'd like to see yeah. them just stop that. Uh, <laughs> keep Cole Komet on the field. Uh, get him the ball. Uh, give him, if you're going to run a sprint left on the goal line, uh, if you're going to do that on the one-inch line instead of give it to Montgomery, then damn it, throw the ball to Cole Komet so you get a touchdown. He has to improve. Uh, that wasn't a good game for him, I thought. I was wondering what you guys thought about that. I thought he was awful in that game. I I mean, I think he had one good play in that game. But to me, that was not an interception. That was a guy. That was like a fumble. I I don't know what the hell that was. And didn't the quarterback – didn't that where he hurt his hand, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, I believe so. And um, I I keep asking people, does it take a little longer with tight ends? Have we agreed that maybe it just takes a little longer? Because we haven't seen it yet. And he's a local guy, and he's a Bears legacy, and you want him to do well. But we haven't seen it yet, and and you're right, Olin. Maybe if you're going to give a guy a touchdown on the half yard line, maybe build some confidence with mm-hmm. a young player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I agree with you there, Pat. I agree with you. And, and real quick, uh, Pat, I I just think that sometimes the hardest thing for a young guy to learn is how how hard it is to be good every week in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And then to me, I just want this. That's a player I want to see how much he can bounce back from that last game. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's as bad as a game I think he's played in his career. He had another drop uh, later in the game. Uh, you know, he had it in his chest. He got punched out or whatever he should have had. But, yeah, that's a guy, too, game-wise or, or, or game, uh, game plan-wise, you want to develop this kid, right? Mm-hmm. So why aren't you trying to feature him in those situations? That's a great point, Olin. Like, I, hey, Jimmy Graham has been a great tight end in this league, has had a nice career. But if Cole commits your future, mm-hmm. game plan for him. Mm-hmm. Let's get him rolling. And then the other thing about – 
him getting tackled by that 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 uh, DB. I think I've seen that too much. You know, you want to see that dynamic ability of a tight end. You want to see the George Kittle. You want to see the Travis Kelsey, the guy making somebody miss and making a play, making a twenty, making a five yard catch into a twenty five yard catch and run. And we haven't seen that yet. And I want to see that dynamic ability. And I haven't seen. I don't even think we've seen glimpses of it yet, have we? Have we seen anything like that where he's made a, a big play, knocked somebody down, stiff-armed, juke somebody, and got up the field and made made it, you know, nice run after the catch? I haven't seen that dynamic ability yet, and I'd love to see that, and I just hope he can bounce back from last week's game because that was, like we said, that was not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Graham went to the podium this week. Don't know if everybody heard. Kind of interesting. Jimmy uh, defended Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had talked about oh, – he kind of doubled down on his owning the Bears, and Jimmy – well, oh, he was very, you know, forgiving of it and basically said that, uh, that it's, you know, he likes to talk smack. And if there had been a, a boom mic over him, oh, he'd be so embarrassed. I don't know. It just well, wasn't Jimmy, the Jimmy right was tone. in Green Bay, wasn't he? So, yeah, so he we, was. we'll just, we'll yeah. just say that they're friends. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you don't, you're not going to hear Aaron Rodgers take back what he said. If every, as soon as Aaron Rodgers said it here in this town, Mully, everybody's accepting of it. Right, right. Soon, uh, Coach Komet came out the next day, week six, Monday morning. Him and Coach Nagy said it. It's fine. Uh, don't really see the big deal out of it because he's right. Right. So uh, why would he now in week fourteen take it back? Right. He, he heard us. He heard the whole uh, uh, the whole Chicago Bears organization <laughs> say it was fine. Say it was great, great, and uh, you're right. So why would he take it back? Well, I, I, you know, I, did you see Terry Bradshaw? He, he said this morning. Um, Boy, I wonder if he'd say that if he was going into Soldier Field instead of welcoming him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one player I wanted to see play today was Akeem Hicks. That's uh-huh. the one I wanted to see, you know, hit him a little harder than, you know, take the 15-yard penalty. And that's the one I want to see him hit. And, and, then, and then the spinning wheel kick is out, right? I saw he went on yard with Cassius Mark. Right? I mean, <laughs> oh, that would be a great I way to get he, the toe. Sweep so he got the toe. Hurt, he, got, he got hurt in practice, right? Sweep the toe. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we could have had Cassius. He had his chance, man. Undertaker's son. Yeah. Man. I wonder oh. if he got hurt in practice doing that spinning wheel kick. Uh-huh. He could have gotten like a practice sack and did the spinning uh-huh. wheel kick. And at, at, at least we don't have to count on Bruce Irving to try to keep somebody in the pocket because now we know Rodgers can't scramble. So, uh, Kyler Murray, you might want to keep him in the pocket there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. We are on fire, and we've got uh, – we got uh, uh, Tom Silverstein from uh, – from, is going to join us from the – Milwaukee newspaper, we'll talk to Tom. We'll get a scouting report and everything going on. The line has uh, has moved again, guys. It's now 11. So, I mean, who knows what that means. It was 12 this morning. I find folks at Bet Rivers, it is now 11 points. So, man, if we, if we stay feeling on it. long You're feeling enough, the hope. We're selling the hope. If we by the time, by time we're done, it'll be down exactly. to eight. By time we're done, we'll bring them down to eight. I just, hey, just give me – hey, Molly, give me 25 minutes. <laughs> you can do it. We'll, uh, all you got to do is go into your bank fund and you transfer some money over. That's what it means. All right, great stuff. We'll be back. We'll bring in Tom. We'll talk about the Packers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Well, that comment was to the fans uh, who were giving me the bird. But, uh, but look, this trash talk uh, every single time you're playing divisional games. You know, look, I, you know, trash talk is what it is. It's a, it's a professional environment. It's not really a personal environment for the most part. Usually after the game, it's uh, it's all love and positivity. Um, I don't know. You can uh, you can question a whole lot of what I said. You know, we've had a good record over the years against them and and won a lot of games in Soldier Field and at Lambeau Field. So it's been a, it's been a great rivalry. I'm proud to be a part of it. Uh, you know, we have. Uh, have gotten the better of them the last, uh, I don't know, 27, 28 times we've played them for the most part. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Oh, that Aaron Rodgers, that guy's a character. How about that? But, uh, Something else. We got Ole Cruz, Patrick Manley. It's the pregame show, and we are delighted. Technically, let me, before we bring Tom in, let me just tell you, they're 21-5, and five, okay? <laughs> and that's regular season. I think they, there's also a, a, some playoff stuff, but let's get to it. Uh, we've got Tom Silverstein, our buddy, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He covers the Green Bay Packers, and he's the guest now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Tom, how are you, buddy? Mike, it's been a long time. It's been a long Too time. Long. It's good to hear from you. So so help us out. Um, the team's coming off the bye week. We know the toe, the COVID toe prevents Rodgers from playing. Any, um, any update on everyone else? I mean, the it just seems like um, I know that, um, you know, people were delighted to see that Randall Cobb's not playing. He's a Bears killer. Any chance Devontae Adams uh, is feeling a tightening of the hamstring? Uh, only if he, you know, slipped on the way from the parking lot or something <laughs> like that. I, I, I think he'll – it would be hard to keep him out. I, they're actually – so they're kind of a – it's kind of a dichotomy. You know, they're, they're missing – four of their best players, and they have been for a long time. David Bakhtiari, their left tackle. Elton Jenkins, their left guard who played left tackle. Jair Alexander, their top corner. And Zadarius Smith, their top pass rusher. But they've kind of been playing with those guys for, without those guys for most of the year. And they've been doing fine, but they were really beat up going into the bye. I mean, really beat up. And they were able to muster enough to beat the Rams. And I think the bye was good for them. Uh, I don't know if there will be any rust coming out of it, but I know they were a really tired football team going into the bye. Hey, Tom, you talked about Devontae Adams. And I'm looking at the stats here. He's gone for, what, 1,083 yards. The next closest guy is Randall Cobb at 375. I know Randall Cobb's out, but how do you stop – Devontae Adams, how would you defend him and try to limit him as much as possible? It's, it's hard. I, you know, there's, there's two ways to think about to, to do it. And, and most teams do this. They just play two shell and they, they don't follow, you know, they don't put a corner on him because he moves around a lot. They just play a good zone and, and try to bracket him try to double him any way they can. He's going to get his yards, but what you don't want is for him to go off and then Aaron Jones to go off mm-hmm. or Veldez Scantling to, to, to catch a 75-yarder or a 50-yarder. Or you have to you, – if you're going to give up some yards to Devontae Adams, you've got to shut out Aaron Jones and, and Valdez Scantling. Hey, Tom, uh, Olin Krutz here. I, I, I am fascinated by the Packers having Elton Jenkins out, Bakhtiari, who's got to be top two or three left tackles in the NFL when he is playing out. And then their rookie center, uh, Myers, is out. And yet they keep winning football games. Uh, this Yash Neiman looks pretty damn good on film, big guy. Uh, ne- didn't hear about him, and then I started watching him. I said, who is this monster out here playing uh, left tackle who can move his feet pretty well? Uh, if the Packers dominate that matchup tonight, the Bears uh, don't really have a chance. Tell us where we can attack uh, this offensive line and, and how they've been successful with three guy backups playing on their offensive line. 
Yeah, it's been pretty remarkable. It's a, it's a credit to what the GM has done because he's he had two rookies starting on the offensive line, as you mentioned, Myers at center, and then Royce Newman has been starting a fourth-round pick all year at, at right guard. He's the, he's the weak link, and normally if, if Hicks were playing, you would attack there. You'd probably put Hicks and Mack on that side if you could. Uh, Nyman is is a phenomenal athlete. I mean, he's got great foot speed, but he, he's inexperienced. And I think, you know, Quinn will be over there all the time, and we'll, they'll have to chip him some. They'll have to give him some help. Uh, that's that's probably you want to you want to kind of beat them up the middle. That that's where you're going to have the most success because they're going to help Nyman. Billy Turner's pretty good at right tackle, and then you know the two guys inside are are young. Tom, you know, so they're calling this the COVID toe because Rogers was on his COVID break, and I guess he was lifting or something, or he banged it somehow. Um, it, it's he has it's, not answered that yet. He by has, the way. but it's fractured, no. right? And he's he went to L.A. to get a second opinion. There's been talk about putting some kind of a stabilization type thing, like he might get uh, something put into the toe to keep it stabilized, but it won't affect him from play. Is it just a pain management thing? And were you there when he decided to show the toe off? He kind of <laughs> waved it at everyone. Well, it was on Zoom. So I still don't know if it was photoshopped or, you know, we didn't see it in person. So you don't know for sure. You know, they could have played around with the video. I don't know. You know, I was thinking, why didn't he just do like Ronnie Lott and cut it off? You know, just <laughs> go, go on without it. But it, it, it bothered him. But you can't really tell that much when he's playing. The first game against the Vikings, uh, was the first time it really showed was the Vikings game towards the end. And then the Rams game, he was limping around some, but it, it hasn't really affected his accuracy that much. It's probably affected how much he's going to run. Although, you know, he did a pump fake and ran in against the Rams. That wasn't even supposed to be a, a bootleg. So I, I don't think it's bothering him as much as, maybe he's letting on or, or I do think it is a pain management thing and not as much as a, a stability, but it is, you know, it got stepped on in Minnesota and that's the thing that they worry about the most. Hmm. Hey, Tom, I got to bring up special teams. I know Mason Crosby struggled this year. I think he's missed nine kicks. Uh, they've changed long snappers. Obviously know a little bit about long snapping. Are they getting that? figured out because I'm hoping like we said at the start of the show we're hoping the Bears will be in this game and maybe it comes down to a field goal is that something he's you think he'll continue struggling or is he figuring that out that, that's a huge question mark for them I mean he's missed nine field goals and it's been part operation and now the operation's been so bad that I think it's kind of corrected itself but it might be in his head a little bit so you know I was thinking about it driving while I was listening to you guys about, you know, what would be the recipe to beat Green Bay, and it would be to be really good in the red zone and force them to kick field goals because it's an adventure. And, you know, if you can keep them out of the end zone and get them kicking field goals, then you got a chance because they're going to miss some more than likely. And, uh, you know, their defense is playing pretty well, so you got you got to keep the score low. And – if you can force field goals, then you probably got a chance. You know, Tom, um, Joe Barry's unit on defense really interests me and the concepts he runs back there, a uh, kind of Fangio and the Dick Staley scheme, but he's from the Monty Kiffin yeah. tree also in Tampa Bay. And just wondering uh, what the guys have said about playing for him because they are playing a really good defense, especially when they run their zone. Uh, look like they all know exactly what they're doing. Uh, Rasul Douglas, I know he had a really good interception uh, against the Rams, uh, really drove on that ball. Just wondering, uh, from your point of view and also what they've set up there, what is the talk about Joe Barry and his scheme? Yeah, I, I think what he's done is brought some stability. And, you know, with Mike Patton, uh, it was always about rushing the passer first and getting after the quarterback and 
making sure uh, you are getting upfield. And I think I think they've kind of changed with Barry, where you see a lot more of five-man fronts, where they're not going to let you run outside. They're going to play their linebackers outside. They're going to walk their inside linebacker to the outside so that they have five guys up front in their nickel. And they're going to just take away the run from you. And then they're going to play zone behind it or some combination. They like to play man on one side and zone on the other and try to confuse the quarterback. But more than anything, they're going to force you to run the ball into the middle towards Kenny Clark, who's their best player. And uh, I think that's been probably the biggest change and their biggest success is that they don't let teams get outside in the run game. So, um, I, I don't know if you had to pick the game. I'm sure you did, Tom. I don't know anybody that is picking the Packers. There might have been one guy in town that I saw. Or, I'm sorry, picking the Bears. Um, was it even a question for you? Is this just sort of a, you know, another step on the way to hopefully being the number one seed because the Cardinals have the Rams tomorrow? Yeah, no, it wasn't a hard pick. I mean, I, 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 I've been picking against the Packers. I picked against them, um, against the Rams. I picked against them against the Vikings, and I kept thinking this is the game where they're going to really get, you know, someone's going to kind of expose them or get after Rodgers, and it, it doesn't really happen. And I don't think the Bears are the team that's that's going to do it. I, I do think it could be close, but look for – they're going to try to establish Aaron Jones, I think, in this game. And he's – Bears have done a pretty good job against him. I mean, he hasn't had any big 150, 80-yard games, but I think they're going to really try to get him going and then work off the play action, him and Dylan. And if they can do that, then, yeah, then I think they can win it pretty easily. If the Bears are up for the challenge and can and can slow that run game down, then I think it could be a ball game. Yeah, well, they didn't do that the first first matchup. What they gave up 156 yards rushing, and I think right. uh, Aaron Rodgers had a few few yards rushing as well. But so the Packers are getting Devondre Campbell. Uh, is it Devondre Campbell back? Correct, the middle linebacker. Yeah, yeah. What, what does he mean to that key, defense? Key he's, he's got some serious stats. It's it's amazing. You know, he was an afterthought. A guy they signed in June for two million dollars, one year deal. Nobody really wanted him. And he's just been the perfect fit for Barry's defense because he's so versatile. He, uh, he first of all, he's tall, he's long, and he can run. And he's been that guy who they'll bring down to help on the outside. He'll be sort of like an outside linebacker in a five-man front, and they'll kick the outside linebacker inside. He can cover tight ends. He's just really smart. He's always in the right place. And he's a big part of why their zone um, coverage has been so good because he just doesn't really mess up that much. So he, he's been a he's been a, a game changer for them. I would say next to Kenny Clark, he's been their best defensive player. You know, um, with Zadarius Smith being out, uh, Rashawn Gary has really stepped up his game. Tom, I'm wondering what you've seen in his development. Yeah, he um, he was an all-power guy. You know, all he knew was the you know was power straight straight up against the tackle. He was going to give you a bull rush, and then he was going to kind of move off of that. And he he's just matured and developed. And you know, you can see there's a little more um, wiggle in his hips. He, he's learned how to bend the corner. Um, he had a really nice sack against Andrew Whitworth last week where he just got low and he's playing with a hyperextended elbow, but he, he managed to get under Whitworth and he, he strip sacked Stafford. And, and that's kind of what he's been. He's going to, he's good for a couple of pressures and maybe a hit, and then he may get a sack, but he's going to be around the quarterback a little, a couple times a game and it's going to be, you know, pretty critical usually when he is. All right, Tom, we'll we'll let you go. Just out of curiosity, is there any any change in the relationship between Rodgers and the team? You know, before the season started, 
my God, it was like the happiest day in America when the Bears drafted Justin Fields and it looked like the, <laughs> on the first day of the draft that Rodgers was leaving. People were celebrating in the streets. And then it turns out, nah, nah, everything's okay. And then the whole woke mob going after him. I don't know how that turned out. Um, what, what's his relationship like with the team? And, and if this works, will this still continue? I don't think his relationship is as good with the team as it is with Joe Rogan, but it's, <laughs> it's probably not terrible. Um, I honestly think this is it for him here. I think from a salary hey. camp standpoint, they, they got to move on. From your lips to God's ears, Tom. <laughs> from your lips to I just God's got excited. ears. <laughs> uh. I, I, I – I don't want to get your hopes up too much, but too I, I honestly think this is Yeah, this is the last dance, I think. So, Excellent. you know, take that to heart with you. You didn't see the Chiefs game, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, Tom, we'll thanks see. a ton. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Tom. Same here. You guys take care of yourselves. Thanks, Tom. That, that is Thanks, Tom. Uh, Tom Silverstein. He, of course, with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. That's hey, that's something to to plant your flag in, right? Who can argue with that? Well, I, I had hope until until they played the Chiefs and he was out and that performance they put right. on. And yeah, I think exactly. I think the general yeah. manager said, "You yeah. know what? We better get Aaron back here again. Yeah. <laughs> get himself fired if he doesn't bring him back yeah. after that, sure. that game. That one game. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes." Oh, God. All right, we'll be right back. It is the pregame show. So much to go over. I I know it's a bad subject, but, you know, Jordan Love is out. He's not going to be available. So if if you could somehow sweep the toe, stomp the toe, (laughs) step on the toe, is it possible that uh, you'd see a backup that no one knows about? We'll we'll talk about that. I want to talk to you guys about what it's like to hear guys talk so openly about injuries. that, That seems weird to me. Just, you know, from my days covering the NFL, just really something else. We'll be right back here on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. Yeah, I think January was uh, way worse for, by, by far. And, um, I mean, it's same thing pretty much. So not, not really that much of a difference, just not, that, uh, not as much pain. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Yes, indeed, it is the pregame show. We've got Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley, and we got the Green Bay Packers game coming up. and you got uh, Justin Fields there. He's going to be the starter in the game. And, guys, I'm just really curious. Um, He walked up to the podium, and he said he had three cracked ribs, Mm -hmm. three ribs that were cracked, which I I did not know that. I don't know if that was out there. I knew he had cracked ribs, but he mentioned three different ribs. And then, of course, you got Rodgers. You know, he's waving his toe around on Zoom. Um, I I thought the NFL was all cloak and dagger. And you never kind of admitted what the injury was because, you know, you know they have these shoes now where they were wearing, where they were a rash, selling them, whatever. Um, they, they should target to sponsor one with a little target on the left toe for Aaron Rodgers because isn't that what you do? Don't you go after an injury? If you find out the, spe- the specific injury a person has, doesn't that make them more vulnerable or doesn't it matter anymore? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't know. I mean, I think back in the day, some guys, you know, if you had an ankle injury, you'd spat both of them pretty heavily, right, to try to hide it. I mean, I think I've seen guys do that. Um, but it is interesting now that these people are so open about it. I guess that's just the way the, the game is going or, or it's allowed by the head coach. I think before some of the head coaches would always say, just be quiet about your injury. You don't talk about your injury. We will talk about your injury. Uh, I do find it interesting. Um, but do we know which toe which which toe it is for Aaron Rodgers? Left, which left toe are we sweeping? Toe. Rex left, Ryan does, from toe. what I understand. Rex Ryan <laughs> oh, does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just from what oh, I understand. Those Twitter, those Twitter, Listen, that's someone Twitter. Oh, they're the best, Pat. They're the best. Oh. Hey, hey, Molly and Pat, <laughs> so it, it's, it really is simple, right? It really is. Look, uh, back in the day, if you had an injury, guys were coming after you. They weren't yep. trying to hide it. Uh, they were coming after where you were hurt. Um, 
they weren't going to get suspended or thrown out of the league or shamed on Twitter or Instagram or, or anything like that. So if you had an injury before, guys were trying to get at it. They don't do that anymore. So, so it's really that simple. It's that simple that guys are not really uh, after, you know, ever since the bounty thing happened in New Orleans and some of that right. stuff all came out and got un- uncovered. Uh, and that's really what it is, Molly. I mean, it's really not um, – it, it's not confusing to me at all. I, I know why uh, people talk about it now because now – uh, guys are not, you know, there's not going to be someone ripping at Aaron Rodgers' toe tonight. In 1995, 96, early 2000s, uh, someone might have put him in a, a jiu-jitsu toe lock on the field, yeah. on the bottom of the pile, you know, and and the ref would, would try to clear it and there'd be a fight and uh, a lineman be diving in there, but but they've cleaned all of that up. Uh, and nowadays they got all the uh, video and it'll be on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's why guys talk about it openly now. Uh, Justin Fields can talk about it because really, let's be honest, you can't really hit the quarterback anyway. They're, they're protecting right. him anyway. Uh, you really can't. And it, if they think you're trying to hit him in the ribs on purpose, uh, geez, they, they may they may suspend you for two or three games. <laughs> but that, that's one annoying thing about the Aaron Rodgers running his mouth. You can't get back at him. Mm-hmm. You get back at him, you're going to get fined. I mean, you right. can get back at him, but you're going to get – there's going to be repercussions. Either it's a 15-yard penalty, which I'd, I'd rather take, but then you get hit in the pocketbook by, like, a lot of money. And that's that's one thing that, yeah, you can run your mouth all you want because you're protected. Yeah, so quarterbacks. He, just, he gets away re- with it. Really yeah. well said. The, the quarterbacks uh, nowadays – and now, I mean, you see uh, they flop. They, they, they yell for penalties. Uh, you see the yep. Pittsburgh – I think it was the Pittsburgh University of Pittsburgh quarterback fake the dive, mm-hmm. uh, slide, and then run for a touchdown. So – uh, yeah, if you're a quarterback, uh, you're gonna run your mouth. It's like the it's like the smaller brother at home, right? Always run behind the mom and dad. Uh, that's what they do, right? That's what they run their mouth. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, when he talks, it looks like he lights sage, sits with his leg crossed, with his ponytail in his hair, and he starts talking like he's floating on a cloud somewhere. I, don't, I have no idea uh, what's going on half the time when he's talking to the punter in a tank top who makes 150 million dollars a year now. How about that? Hey, Olin, if my brother was listening about the the, the little brother running his mouth and hiding behind mom and dad. He said you. <laughs> he would be me. He would be pointing at me, man. But here's a quick funny story. He's five years older. He caught me when he was like 16 or 17 uh-huh. uh, in, in like one of the bedrooms. I'm running around chasing. He hit me. I went into the wall. <laughs> that was it. I was done. Never poked him anymore. Never ran my mouth. All it took was one good hit from him. And I'm like, I'm done. That's it. All right. No more running behind mom hey, and dad. You got me. Hey, listen, I, I'm the youngest of four brothers. I was the fat kid. Uh, I had a lot of nicknames growing up, so I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I'm the youngest of three, so I'm right there with you. Um, so I guess what I'm saying, and I know this is this is unpleasant because it's not good sportsmanship, but to me it's kind of gamesmanship, which is if you accidentally step on his toe. I mean, that happens, right? Can't you accidentally, mm-hmm. just yes. as you're running toward him, you know, the, the old Chuck oh. Wepner, you know, <laughs> Step on the guy's toe and knock Ali down? Well, no? let, let, let's, talk, let's just talk about game plan stuff, right? Game plan. How do the Bears' defense uh, attack this Packers' offense? And, Pat, and, and Molly, I think they have to take a chance. I, I think if you just play straight up and you say, well, uh, we don't want to get beat over the top. We don't want to give up big plays like, like you would normally do. Uh, your offense can't score points, and you end up losing this game. I think you have to. I think you have to blitz zero these guys. I think you have to load the box. I think you got to stop the run, and then I think you have to get after Aaron Rodgers. I think you have to what they call add blitz. By that I mean no matter how many guys you got blocking, we're bringing one more. Mm-hmm. We're bringing one more guy because we're going to hit him. We're going to try get to him like you're saying, Molly. We're going to try get to him, and like Pat is saying, maybe even on the line of you know, obviously not trying to. I hurt anybody, but, you know, close to taking a 15-yard penalty. Well, we are going to hit this quarterback today. We're going to get after him. And then you sell that all-out blitz and you drop everybody back. And I think that's the game that Sean Desai has to play tonight. But to your point, Molly, how do you do that in the context of a football game? And you do that by game plan. You do that by saying, you know what, I know you want to run Aaron Jones. I know you want to run Dylan at us because you want to protect your quarterback's foot. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to stack the box. We're going to force you to throw the ball. And when you do... We're going to bring more than, than you can block. We're going to bring one more, and we're going to make Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to play our, our cornerbacks up tight, and we're going to take some chances tonight. Yeah, I, I like that game plan, but again, what scares me, Olin, is the, the DBs. If you're going to play that, you know, they've got to come out and play a better game mm-hmm. than, than they can physically because they've shown they're not good enough. Artie Burns is maybe a little bit of a, uh, a little <laughs> bit better than Kendall Vildor, but that's not saying much, and that's kind of scary. And then yeah. you got Devontae Adams who, you know, you've seen teams double him. You've seen him, well – 
And then I thought what the Bears did last time with Jalen Johnson, he had four catches, 89 yards, but he had some big plays. And I think that's one thing, Olin, if you do have that game plan, you're going to expect a couple get big plays, but you got to get home. You've got to get turnovers. You've got to cause havoc. Yep. And I, I like that idea. I think yep. it, the other way didn't work either. Mm. So try something different. And, uh, and, if you're, and if you're stacking the line, like you're saying, you're going to stop the run. You're going to help stop that run. And I think they've, they tried to do it, um, you know, they, they had success against the Bears last time. So it will be interesting to see what Sean Desai has and, and how they, they game plan this game. But I, I just that Devontae Adams, man, you, you can do anything and everything to him, but he still makes plays. Yeah, and, and to your point, they, they have tried that against these Packers, right? And we can mm-hmm. go over their record again. Aaron likes to let us all know uh, what their record is against us. So I, I'm just saying, look, where you are, 4-8, and eight, uh, where we yep. are the season right now, I know – um, the, the secondary hasn't been good, but they haven't been good anyway, right? So right, right. Uh, let's try to get home, uh, challenge them, right? Go out there and challenge them. Say, look, uh, Jalen Johnson, we're going to leave you a one-on-one with Devontae Adams, kind of like we did with DeAndre Hopkins, and that didn't work out. So I know what you're saying. I just, <laughs> I, I just think that if you're going to win tonight, if you're going to force him into mistakes, and like Molly is saying, if he does have an injury and you do want to get to uh, their thir- third-string quarterback, uh, then you have to do it by game plan wise. You have to get after them. Uh, you have to. Out, you don't have Khalil Mack. Uh, we know that Robert Quinn has a good matchup. We heard Tom talk about that. But you have to start adding guys to this box and take some chances. And by that, I mean you're playing chess, right? You're not playing checkers. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes you show it and pull off. But I think most of the night, starting starting in the beginning, you turn this thing into a street fight immediately, and you stack that box and say, "Look, Aaron Jones, we're not giving you." six, seven yards on first down. Sorry, man. Right. If you run the ball on first down, you're going to be in second and 11. That's a fact. You, you could run blitz and blitz blitz at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can use your run blitz to get the quarterback if he's in any way immobile. And, and even, I mean, if you if he wants to run, wouldn't that be great? Because then, you, you know, Roquan can get involved too. Um, okay, so just for the record here, uh, Rodgers has, has the left pinky toe and didn't mm-hmm. practice all week. Jordan? The COVID-19, he's on the reserve list. So they elevated Kurt Bankert Mm -hmm. to the active roster. He is a a second-year guy from Virginia. And then they signed a former LSU quarterback, Danny Etling, to the practice squad. I don't know. We'll talk to Grody in a little bit and find out what the roster looks like, who's up and who isn't. But I would imagine that if you can get to to Kurt Bankert, Bankert, that might be a good move if uh, any way that could happen. And I'm, you know, listen, the Bears have beaten the Packers. Was it Shea McClellan uh, yep. got a big hit on Aaron Rodgers? So, I mean, sometimes there are unusual things that happen in a football game and guys that you don't expect to be able to, to hit a quarterback. And, and when you take away their best player, mm-hmm. they suddenly are a more mortal team. Yeah, and, and with and with Jordan Sarpat and with Jordan Love, they scored seven points right in Kansas City. So, um, that, <laughs> and this that, guy's worse than him. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> so I'd like to see Kurt Bankert take the field because then uh, Lucas Patrick and the boys can feel how I felt through my whole career when you when you think you're really good <laughs> and all of a sudden a good quarterback goes to the bench and you're wondering what happened. Uh, to you, I was watching a hey, Pat. I was watching a New Orleans center uh, trying to make calls without Drew Brees the other day oh. on my couch, and I was laughing. I fell off my couch laughing so hard watching him struggle trying to organize protections and do the things that Drew Brees did so well for years. But but there's just no way uh, this team with a third string quarterback then 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 Sean Desai uh, he should go to Buddy Ryan's old 46 defense. You should yes. hear the line. You should hear Roquan Smith yell "Move" all day long and move him into the bear defense yeah and it's kind of sad though guys when we're going into this game and we're hoping that the only way or the only way to win is to get rid of Aaron Rodgers when we bring up Shane McClellan's name I'm just I'm so (laughs) sick of saying all that because it's just it's aggravating that we've got to come up with some way to beat them and it's by knocking out one of their players and obviously he's one of the best players in the league but again go back to your game plan Olin if you're bringing the dogs you get more hits on them you never know something Mm -hmm. like that can knock them out for the game you don't want to you don't want to injure them too bad but you just want to hurt them (laughs) no yeah you just you want to get after them and and for and enforce take the game to them right because like like you guys know uh sitting back trying to do uh that's why we talked about last week okay like how long you gonna let Bill Lazor call plays now that your offense has been the same with coach Nagy calling plays and Bill Lazor calling plays at some point you have to change something You, you just can't keep doing the exact same thing and scoring under 20 points a game and expect that you're going to go out and beat teams like the Green Bay Packers or the Arizona Cardinals that, you, you know, last week here or the Green Bay Packers at home, you're not going to do it because you don't score enough points. Yep. 
All right, guys, want to thank the fine folks at Zing Zang, Chicago's hometown Bloody Mary mix, created in Chicago, still headquartered here in Chicago, number one Bloody Mary mix brand, and the number one cocktail mix brand with mixers like the Zing Zang Margarita mix, all made with natural ingredients. Uh, the new Zing Zang ca- uh, canned cocktails are, are uh, very comforting. Canned Bloody Marys, margaritas, whiskey sours, premium spirits already included, full-strength cocktails in a can, 9% ABV. It's like two cocktails in one can, ready to drink, ready to tailgate, ready to comfort you during a Bears game. We uh, we will be right back here. It is the pregame show. we got Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley on Chicago Sports Radio. 6-7 to score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.